Trials and tribulations, life can get rough. And through the storm, we'll make it. Just put your trust in Him. No matter what you're going through, I know that I'll never leave you. You feel that you can take no more. You may think you've seen it all. good people and once again it's time to get happy with jay this is a podcast where we discuss issues that may be preventing you from being happy as we explore many different topics the goal is always to educate encourage and uplift all this month we've been chatting about love and relationships today we talk about the most important relationship you have and that's the one you have with yourself i'm a firm believer that in order for you to even be able to love others effectively in healthy ways you must first love yourself a lack of self-love can manifest itself in many destructive ways in your life many times without you even being aware of this root cause my guest today is dr mary ann acres and one of the the best and most qualified individuals I know to address this subject of loving yourself. So welcome, Dr. Akers. Oh, thank you, Jatan. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I've just been chomping at the bit to get you on this podcast. So it is definitely a pleasure. Let's go. Yeah, let's get right into it. Kind of give us a definition. What does it mean to love yourself? I think self-love means self-care. Mm-hmm. And self-care means, this is deep, Jatan, attention to yourself. And we're not talking about do the bath and candle thing right now. Right. (laughs) When you said, when you talk about self-love or self-care, I was like, oh, no. Who hasn't heard about? (laughs) Yeah. Take a long, soaky bath. But um, Yeah, that's kind of made it a cliche, and it's uh, not. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, we're going to save that for later. We're going to save that for later. But self-care, I don't know why it seems so hard and why mm-hmm. it seems so elusive. Do you think it's harder for women? Because I think it is because we're naturally put in the role as the nurturer or the one that just takes care of everyone else. And we're kind of trained that way sometimes from being young to put other people first before yourself. Absolutely. Like probably since the time we were little, we were told to be quiet. Mm -hmm. We were told to put other people first. We were told to fit in. We were told to not draw attention to ourselves. In other words, what we were really being told was other people are much more important than you, Missy. Yes. And we believed it. Mm -hmm. We believed it. And the thing is, our body believes every single word we tell it. Mm -hmm. You know, if we get up in the morning and there's a zit on our chin and we look in the mirror and we say, oh, God, you are like a wreck. Yeah. The whole, all day long, your brain is saying, you're a wreck, you're a wreck, you're mm-hmm. a wreck. And it, it does. But if we wake up in the morning, it's like, oh, my, this is good. Yeah. The day follows. I have kind of had to 
trick myself this winter because I am just not a cold weather person. <laughs> but I have found in the morning, if I stop complaining about mm-hmm. the weather and I stop yeah. thinking, oh, it's yes. so cold, I'll go out and I'll say, oh, this is just a little brisk. This is nothing. And it really changes how my body reacts to the cold. It does. So, yeah, I've, does. I've learned this winter to just stop yep. complaining, suck it up and say something positive. Absolutely. And it changes the way I react to it. Yes. And I, I, I that works. That's just not like you and me. That's a universal thing. Yes. But so many of us, we forgot. We forgot to listen. Mm-hmm. We forgot how it feels when you listen to yourself. But the thing to remember is. <laughs> Is you don't have to set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. Yeah, um, that's a good one. You you don't. If you care for yourself, and that's like with a capital S, mm-hmm. physically, emotionally, and spiritually, you bring out the best of you to give to other people. Yeah. You know, if you're at the bottom of your own well, it's pretty tough to... Um, and talk yeah. about how it's not selfish because I think people automatically think anytime you hear self-care or self-love that you're just being a selfish jerk. And so kind of <laughs> like undo that myth. You know, there, beyond what we've said, there's not a whole lot that we can untie here. It's a matter of, of talking to yourself and allowing yourself to hear you. Mm-hmm. Because really, when when you're at the bottom of your own barrel, when yeah. you have given and given and given, perhaps you're a professional that works at one of our many wonderful hospitals in the area. Perhaps you're a trauma professional. Perhaps you're a person with way too many busy little kids in your classroom. And you you have not taken moments. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to scrape together a chunk of time. Yeah. You know, 15 minutes sometimes is like, what? But just just a few minutes. There there's nothing to give out. Yeah. And and it won't take it won't take but a drop mm-hmm. to push us all the way to the bottom of the well. Yeah. So, we have to push down the voice like you were talking about your voice with the cold mm-hmm. that says, "Oh, oh no. Oh no, honey. So and so needs this and so much more. You give you you mm-hmm. help them." Yeah. You do this, you do this, you do this. Well, there's an end to the doing. Yeah. And there has to be a receiving part. I think that's part of being balanced in your life. Yeah. How do you know? How is it like manifest when you are at the bottom of the barrel? Because I think you can get there and not even realize you're on the way <laughs> until, <laughs> until you've hit there. So what are some signs that uh, are in your life that you may be overlooking to tell you, OK, I need uh, to, to take care of self? Oh, my goodness. When everything is wrong. Yeah. When you when. <laughs> When your partner isn't right, when the dog is the ugliest thing you ever saw in your life and you don't want to, you don't even want to feed it. Yeah. You know, when when your kids are like uh, too much, not just for a minute, not just for half a day, Mm -hmm. but they are like permanently on too much. Mm -hmm. When everything, (laughs) when your clients are like, oh. I can't hear one more thing. (laughs) Yes, I can't hear one more thing. Or what did you do? What did you do? How is this your fault? Mm-hmm. And and in our line of work, we can't we can't be doing that. No, that's crazy. Right? It doesn't work that way. So when when you find that you're not your I don't even want to say your best self, but when you're not your goodest self, <laughs> <laughs> you better start looking backwards and looking in and looking deep and saying, what do I need to change about? me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't do a whole lot of good to be looking out of you. 
Do you do you think that this is possibly part of the problem with people that are abusers, that somewhere along the way, there's some self-loathing and uh, that goes into partially making them? uh, 99.9%. Yeah. Huge. When when I was privileged to work with that segment of our population, because it did expand my understanding tremendously, almost Every single guy that walked in those doors mm-hmm. had had something awful. Yeah. Some ongoingly, not just one little something, mm-hmm. but some kind of ongoingly bad stuff Yeah, that had been done to them or they had witnessed ongoingly yeah. in, in their lives. And it, 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 doing that work allowed me to see with eyes of much more compassion. So it kind of goes back for all of us then to our childhood, really, and how our parents kind of framed how we love ourselves. Like if you have parents that are telling you you're worthless, you're an idiot and abusing you in any number of ways, then how do you learn to love yourself? You have to practice, mm-hmm. and I that I, I don't mean to sound glib. I, I don't. We're back to oh, go take a bath and light a candle. <laughs> uh, I I don't mean to sound glib, but it takes practice to be to pay a healthy attention to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We and we have we have to allow it allow it to float to the top of our consciousness. Mm-hmm. And if we haven't had it modeled for us as kids, mm-hmm. look out in your community, in your church, somewhere, and see somebody that you admire and study them. Yeah, and that's figure a good out idea. What do they have? What are they doing? What, what's, so, what's so cool about them? And how mm-hmm. do they do it? Yeah. There's a million great role models, most of whom never make it into the airwaves. Yeah, whether that be digital airwaves or whatever, whatever. Yeah, because there's not a spotlight necessarily beaming off of them. No, they just go about their daily lives they doing do. quiet, amazing things. Yes, and and they they don't get the airtime. But those are the models that we should be looking for. You know, a lot of kids can look back, and if there's one teacher, that's what I learned in my mm-hmm. work. If there was one teacher, one grandma. Mm-hmm. I heard so much about great grandmas. Yes. One I was raised by one. <laughs> yes. I could be pretty sure that we could tap into that person yeah. on some spiritual level and that that client was going to going to make it. Yeah. I can remember I had an amazing teacher and I'm trying to remember what grade it was. I think it was maybe fifth or sixth grade. It's right around that yucky time as a girl that you're starting to be more aware of yourself and your physicality. And of course, you know, the self judgments and things that can come with that. And uh, I'll give her credit. Her name is Mary Foldy. She's still alive and, and wonderful and vivacious to this day. She kind of, I don't know if she recognized that I was kind of like at a crossroads roads kind of or not but um she kind of pinpointed me out and she would just flourish compliments on me and write me notes and take special time and say oh you're wonderful and you're beautiful and you're great and she just made me feel so good about myself Uh at a time where I could have easily went the other way and and, you know had a lot of self-doubt and 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 self-issues and that always stuck out in my mind that she was just this wonderful bright light 
at the time in my life that I needed it. So, yeah, there are these amazing people out there. Yes. Well, God bless Mary Foley. Yes. She's she's one of the real ones. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not a pension or a paycheck. It's a bunch of little people Yeah. love. Yeah, that she actually cared about in a real way. Yep, I hear you. So do you remember any people like that in your life along the way that were these... (laughs) (laughs) There's a laugh Um, there. I'm I'm thinking really hard here. What about that amazing mother of yours? (laughs) (laughs) Who is still alive and speaking of vivacious and wonderful. Yes. Yes, my amazing mother. My amazing mother taught me about courage. She taught me about standing on your own two feet. Uh She told me about, taught me about speaking out. Wasn't always so good at that, but I... I developed some expertise. She she taught me about loving other people and myself. She taught me about the excitement of learning new things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my mom's just cooler than cool. (laughs) And I, I can't wait for her 99th birthday celebration. Which is right around the corner. Yes. What a blessing. Yes. Are you fully aware of what an amazing gift that is? The mother? Yes, that to oh have my goodness. her still yes. around. Oh, I hadn't thought in terms of years. I thought in terms of quality and mm-hmm. information and love um, that she demonstrated yes. over time. I'm, I'm not good with years and numbers. Yeah. I'm not good with quantitative stuff. Yeah. But give me the feely goodies and I'm in. Yeah, the qualitative. That's what I'm about (laughs) as well. Well, that's why the world needs the balance, Jay Woman. Yes. And you know that you are one of these amazing, sparkly lights of just wonderfulness, too. Do you know that you still have old clients that ask about you? You do. Oh my gosh. Since your retirement, gosh. I think you just threw most of your old clients <laughs> into a tailspin. They're all like, where's Marianne? We don't want to see anyone else but Marianne. So the very thing that we're oh. talking about, you do that for people. Thank you. And for all of your old co-workers, <laughs> because we can't let you go. <laughs> we're forever bugging you. Like, oh, come over. Sure. Sure Teach us here. how to make bread. And you know, all that stuff is just a smokescreen for us to just be in your presence. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you for being that for us. You know what? This That goes right into a quote I read this morning. Let me read it to you. It's, accept yourself as you are, and that is the most difficult thing in the world because it goes against your training, your education, and your culture. From the very beginning, you've been told how you should be. Mm -hmm. Nobody has ever told you, you are good as you are. Mm-hmm. And that came from a poet named Osho. And I thought, yeah, how would it be if every parent, mm-hmm. every foster parent, every parent parent, every whoever that's a grown up that kids look up to told that kid how great they'd be? Just as they are. Just as they are. And that's so important because as young people, you have this tendency to compare yourself to someone else. Yes. And this thing gets in your head that I'm not enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough, thin enough, whatever enough Mm -hmm. is. Mm-mm. And that is a big lesson because I just turned 49. And I can honestly say just within the last couple of years, I have really come into this thing 
where I feel like I'm enough as I am. And, you know, hopefully other people, it doesn't take them that long <laughs> to get there. It's a journey sometimes to get to that point where you feel like, you know what, I am enough period. I think for most people, and I, again, I, 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 I'm gender biased here because I can only speak for one gender, <laughs> but I, our, our media, our digital stuff, oh, the digital stuff. Oh yeah, the social media, yuck. Uh, mm-hmm. We are, we're, we're almost taught from the beginning that we're not enough, but suppose we had somebody that, that said to us, Remember that the, the the nanny, the housekeeper in that fabulous book, The Help, and mm-hmm. she told her little girl, you are beautiful. You are smart. Mm-hmm. You are kind. You are kind. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Suppose somebody said that to their kids mm-hmm. every day, every day. Those kids, your body remembers everything you tell it. Yeah. And it also tends to remember everything everybody else tells it too. Yeah. But suppose it got that drum beat, that wonderful mm-hmm. message every day. Yeah. And even like as a person of color, sometimes that can be its own separate difficulty, like feeling your way around as a oh. as a minority. And yes. I had this wonderful moment as a little girl because, you know, when you're teeny tiny, you don't really see color or you don't notice those differences that kind of comes later in life or you or you unfortunately could be taught that from icky parents. But um, I had a very best friend that was her dad was Caucasian mother was was Mexican-American and we were just the best of friends and I was probably about five years old and I was at her house and we were playing and roughhousing and I had gotten kind of hurt and I had like a scratch on my back so uh, my friend her name's Becky her mother had uh, she lifted up my shirt because she had to look at my back to see how injured I was and she was like oh you are just so beautiful and I remember looking up at her and she said do not ever let anyone tell you that there's anything wrong with your skin color. Your skin is the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. And at that point, I was just such a little thing. I I didn't even think in terms of black, white, or Mexican. You know, I just didn't. I was in a really multi-culty community. And I just remember looking at her and I was kind of like absorbing that. She was like, yeah, don't ever let anyone tell you that this isn't beautiful. And that was like that first moment of kind of black is beautiful kind of oh and that just stayed with her. me yeah <laughs> she was just amazing so yeah to instill that regardless of your race gender or whatever that that you're amazing I, and you're beautiful it 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 fits or or you're you're smart yes you know you're smart yeah you're, you're capable mm-hmm. you're capable a great word mm-hmm. um it, it doesn't always have to be honey baby princess sweetie no yeah and as girls we need to hear more than it's just about your look let's let's hear it for your brains let's Mm -hmm. hear it for your capabilities Mm -hmm. which is Uh, so important especially if you're dealing with a child that has some sort of disability you have to yeah really emphasize to them that you're capable in every other way absolutely in spite of whatever absolutely Mm -hmm. you know I'll try not to spend too much time on this, but I originally trained way, way back in the 60s. Sorry. <laughs> um, my, my original training was to teach kids, special needs kids, mm-hmm. special needs kids. And <clears throat> when I had my very first teaching assignment or my student teaching, I had three grades that I was supposed to work with. Mm-hmm. And 
this the teacher was she was so overworked she just said here they are take them <laughs> <laughs> and so i would do my lesson plans every every week and i turn them in oh great oh great and that included tests and grading these tests and blah 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 and at the end of the school year she said well, you know you did a really good job what what did you do with i don't know fifth grade whatever grade it was and i said the same thing I did with everybody. And she said, well, you know, those are our special needs kids. Do you realize how they scored compared to the normies? That's, that's air quotes here, the normies. And I was like, no, because <laughs> I'm the only one keeping the books, I thought. Mm-hmm. And they were scoring pretty close to where everybody else was. It never, I didn't divide in my mind who was who. Nobody told me who was yeah. who. Mm-hmm. And those kids, I just... I guess I was just blind, and it was a good thing. Yeah. It really was. It was a, a blessing that nobody said, now those are the ones you really have to take care of. Yeah. Um, everybody got taken care of the same. Yeah. Everybody got smooched up because you could still smooch up kids then. Yeah. And give them a hug. I missed that part in teaching. Today. Yeah. I yeah. Did. Unfortunately, the pervs out there, the few a bad apples have, ru- <laughs> yeah, have ruined that for everyone else. Yes. <laughs> yes. But that's yeah. amazing that you weren't able to see their disability. It what? No. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I truly didn't. You know, and they, everybody had essays to write. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot. So one of the girls wrote a, an essay. I come from where it's called, like, people could go skiing. And, and one girl wrote that when she was in a ski lift and looked down at the trees, they looked like chocolate chips that go in cookies. And I still, to this day, remember that line in her essay. Yeah. I thought, wow, she got an A. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that deserved an A. (laughs) What a line. Yeah. You know what? Mm. It was so good. That's beautiful. It was so good. So talk about your own personal journey with loving yourself. Hmm. Huh. My own personal journey. Wow. You know, when did you even uh, think of that as a thing or did you ever or was it just natural because you were just raised so well? You know, I I don't mean to have any dead air here time, um, Jay Woman, but I, I don't think I ever truly, I don't remember ever dwelling on it. Yeah. <laughs> my, my mom never told me there wasn't anything I couldn't do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> When I was a kid, it was less than five. I I, I lived in a community. Uh, it was a, a, a summer house in a in a summer community, so there weren't anybody's there in the fall, mm-hmm. all through spring, and there weren't any kids around, of course, mm-hmm. and except my brother who came along, and that didn't count. <laughs> it was like oh, but. Um, this one day I was playing in the, in the sand at the top of the driveway and I'm just playing, playing and getting in water and splashing. And I, I just happened to, uh, I'm looking and all of a sudden there's these horse feet in front of me and I, I look up way high and this is, it was a horse. It was a horse. And there was this guy on the horse with high shiny boots and spurs and this little, little kind of riding hat thing. Uh huh. I was like, oh. <laughs> so I said, hi. <laughs> of course. And, you want to come meet my mom? And golly, 
No, he said, no, no, that's all right. Uh, so, but but we, we chatted it up, and my mom came out to see who's the guy on the horse. And it turned out he's the guy that lived across the lake. <laughs> and he says to my mom, I hear your daughter can play the piano. And my mother was like, oh, did she tell you that? He said, well, she's... She said, you have a piano, and she said she plays it. My mom was like, well, yes, in her fashion, she does. And he said, well, maybe you would like to come to my house, and you could play on my piano. Mm-hmm. And my mom said, oh, well, okay. Believing in exposure <laughs> to everything on earth. So we went off to his house another week, and there was this enormous piano. It was like, oh, like a grand. Yes, it was like a, a a house long and shiny, just like in the movies. Mm-hmm. And and so I plopped down on the stool and I fluffed my little girl dress and uh, my legs were dangling <laughs> and I proceeded to play the piano and with no knowledge, of course, of how to play the piano. <laughs> and, and so I'm. It was terrible, but. They all clapped and applauded and said, this is wonderful. And he said, I'd like you to meet my wife. She plays at the New York Symphony. (laughs) (laughs) So here you didn't even plunk out twinkle, twinkle, little star. No twinkle, twinkle, little star. (laughs) But but that's kind of my mom. Just throw her in and see how she does. (laughs) So My grandmother um, was kind of like that, too. Oh. Just like, and what irritated me is for some reason she wanted me to be a singer which Gee, you what know that be Jatan? Yeah. <laughs> huh, why would she want that so, yeah and so which that really wasn't a skill i mean i i can like hold a note and like be a decent like backup person yeah. but not a soloist no and she'd forever like throw me in situations where i'd have to get up and sing solos which was so embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> but I would manage to do it somehow, get through it. And I had my good moments where people were like, oh, that wasn't too bad. And of course, my other cringeworthy moments. <laughs> but it made me have to get out there in front of people. So that was a good yes. thing. Well, look at you now. <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah. So There's believe it or not, I, I ended up being behind there. a microphone just in a different way. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, Absolutely. sometimes you do have to just throw them out there you and just the see voice, what happens. Missy. You are the voice. <laughs> You've got it. You've been listening to the introduction to loving yourself with Dr. Mary Ann Akers. Be sure and check out next week's podcast when she begins to outline her 12-step process to loving yourself and self-care. Be sure and comment on our Facebook page, Get Happy With Jay, or on the website, GetHappyWithJay.com. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Subscribe and review us. Until next time, do something to make yourself happy. It's not selfish, it's self-care. 